0: talking about? it's calm down.
1: I'm going to scare the hell out of you. Ladies and gentlemen, this is an auspicious day.
0: What a day! What a fabulous day!
1: It is, in fact, a red-letter day. Today marks the dawning of a new episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal.
0: A constant barrage eye opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo.
1: Featuring Parker.
0: If at first you don't succeed, keep on
1: sucking till you do succeed. And Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Two premier content creators promoting the healthiest brand integrity in the world. Tell them what they've won, Spider. The way I see it, this should be a very dynamite show. Yeah. Got my mojo Got my mojo
0: Got my mojo
1: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Real Deal No Sex Appeal. My name is Chris. With me, as always, is Parker. We're now on week three of Stephen King month, and I think this is a definite upturn from last week. We decided to watch Children of the Corn and The Running Man, two great '80s movies. Great is the word you went with. Two '80s movies. Uh, yes, uh, one, of them, one of them I would call a great movie The other one I would call a bad movie But One of these uh, movies is fantastic
2: The other movie is Children of the Corn
1: Yes uh, <laughs> Children of the Corn, well, I, they're both beloved movies But one of them I can see why The other, uh, nostalgia does a hell of a lot to the human mind
2: I was at the store literally yesterday And there's a brand new special edition $30 big ass Blu-ray for Children of the Corn it's a nice reminder that us horror fans will literally buy anything. If enough time passes, we will love it.
1: So $30 and you get the entire collection, like every single choice. Oh, of the you behind. wish. It's just the one movie? Look, For $30?
2: The autism collector's market is a... It's a terrible slope to go down. I did not buy well, it. Don't ask. I did not. Yeah, I
1: was about to say, it's on Netflix. Just Even I, I have just watch standards. On Netflix. I yeah. don't, but I... Yeah,
2: I have well, a budget. You know. It's different.
1: I mean, you're a horror fan, so... You know.
2: Exactly. Anyway. The um, shame on it... the shelf next to me is just <laughs> unparalleled.
1: So, uh, have you watched anything recently besides our two Stephen King movies?
2: I'm gonna watch a movie every single day if you want to go down this road.
1: Yeah, sure, dude. Is there anything that really sticks out you want to talk about? Oh, let's load up the old
2: letterbox here.
1: Okay, I haven't watched anything of any real quality I've been so busy with this, that, and the other thing. Um... I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to get to Halloween three soon. So,
2: do you want me to just start at the beginning of the month and fire through this because there's a lot. Yeah, yeah, go for it. I watched Gerald's game, which was pretty fantastic. Cult of Chucky, right. which was a movie. <laughs> Hell House LLC, which is a really, really good low budget found footage movie. Mm-hmm. Captain Underpants, which is also a really good movie. <laughs> Forty seven meters down, which you're fine. Don't bother. Mm-hmm. The Witch, which is still fantastic. Spoilers. Never heard of it. I hate you. <laughs> Little Evil, which is the follow-up to Tucker vs. Evil, which is not very funny. Which is depressing. Ooh. The original Child's Play, which holds up pretty well. Pretty decent. Yeah, I thought so. Session 9, which I've been supposed to watch forever. Finally did pretty good. Loved Ones, same thing. Finally got around to it. Really good. Really fucked up. I was not expecting the horrible things that happened in it. Mm-hmm. The Babysitter, a new horror comedy from McG Which licked my balls, I hated
1: Was that the uh, Is that the one on Netflix? Yeah
2: I, Yeah, I, I saw I, it, we didn't watch it I hate his style and everything about it Ooh. And I also got to watch A little movie from this year called Wish Upon, where a teenage girl Finds a box and a bunch of Monkey's paw shit happens It's <laughs> oh, real bad
1: uh, so neither of us have got to see the movie that everyone's talking about yet, which we've all been planning to see, it, but we just haven't got around to it. I am, of course, talking about Happy Death Day. I'm so mad. I'm so mad. <laughs> Hopefully soon, you know. I I just I, I think you're right, though. You described it as like, yeah, a PG-13 horror movie about that's basically Groundhog's Day. You got to see that one in a packed theater. I made the
2: mistake of not realizing, oh, it's PG-13. On a Friday night, I should probably buy these tickets earlier. That's on me for falling asleep like an old man. I failed Uh, you.
1: Shout out to a little trivia. I haven't seen it yet, but I do know this for a fact. In one of the teens' bedrooms, there's a Mystery Science Theater 3000, the movie poster. Oh,
2: yes. All those teens nowadays who love Mystery Science Theater.
1: I hope there are some out there. I have bad news for you, Chris. Uh, Well... I've been watching nothing but Gravity Falls, which is still good, and Scooby-Doo Mystery <laughs> Incorporated, which, uh, oh my goodness, this is so much fun. This is seriously one of the, honestly, it's one of the best shows I've ever seen, period. This is just <laughs> hilarious. Oh, okay. here's, here's the way I'm going to put this to you. The Harlan Ellison episode was probably the weakest episode I've seen so far. I've never heard That's of that. That's how him. much I love the show. Is he someone I should know? He is one of my favorite authors if i'm not my favorite author entirely basically like the the show works really really hard in order to make you laugh and it pays off in almost every single joke the relationship drama is actually kind of entertaining and there's a little bit of seriousness to it if if you guys are looking for a good horror show honestly this is one of them this is this has some pretty decent horror like the drawings it it kind of matches up well it does it does horror about the same way that the original batman cartoon did in that like the way that the shadows are drawn and everything, like you're you're waiting for something to pop out or like you're genuinely invested in in the action and the drama. That's what I really like about it. Like the original Scooby Doo cartoon was was weak in every single area, except for one thing, is it kinda like the whole disproving the idea of the supernatural, which again this this show does very well. And also, oh, it's not who you expect, it's actually this other guy or or something like that, or saying, Oh, there's a reason these things happen, whatever. I I just think the show does just about everything well and I'm just really happy I'm watching it I can't wait to get through the rest of it so that's me watching children's okay so
2: fuck Mary kill for scooby-doo mystery incorporated the terror time song from the zombie movie and the johnny bravo episode
1: oh oh god oh god oh god uh okay uh oh my god I wait I can definitely come up with something like this I know I'm stalling here it's fine uh Okay, well, the the canonical answer, the the real answer, the safe answer, because I'm like, uh, okay, the the real answer would be, fuck the Johnny Bravo crossover, just Correct. because. <laughs> uh, Mary, I'd have to marry Mystery Incorporated and Mercy Killing for the Terror Time song. Are you telling? You did this just because you know that the guy who wrote and sang that song killed himself, right?
2: Why would you do that to me? I was just hoping for an excuse for you to layer that song in,
1: and then you just—well, just cut me you. so deep. Well, now that you know, the ghost is here. Uh, you <laughs> 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 Uh, Yeah. <sighs> mm, boy, you chose the three best things about Scooby-Doo. One might say the only be- good things. I would say that because if you had gone with like oh the casting for the live action Scooby I'd stay alive. It, would have still been yeah, that's all been an easy kill for me just because I don't care. Uh, also, Belma's actress is way too hot for her voice. <laughs> that is a it's a big deal to me. I don't know. It's like I judge people based on their voices sometimes. Fritz Jr. is frat. I mean, I come hope on. You
2: don't judge me based on my voice. I, I do as a positive I judge. Raised. I like your voice.
1: <laughs> No, I like your voice, it's real good. Well product of my environment. <laughs> yeah, I'm talking about product of the environment, man. I don't know. I'm talking about everything. Yo, man. Anyway, uh so children of the corn.
0: Gentlemen,
2: behold corn! Oh well. Hey, you know, this is pretty nice. Yeah, and I am kind of hungry.
0: Good! Then <laughs> let the mating begin!
1: <laughs> okay. A uh, the classic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good enough to apparently inspire six or seven sequels at this point. I don't understand why this one.
2: I, uh, it fucking blows my mind of all the properties. Like, no, I keep making these. Make eight oh. more of them.
1: Oh yeah, well Friday the Thirteenth. Well, people keep seeing that in theaters for some reason. That's but like you have have.
2: four decades of Stephen King to pick from. Be like, nah, man, we're just gonna reboot Children of the Corn for sci-fi. Like,
1: in what world? It's how many pages is it? Like twenty, maybe? I don't. I don't even remember. But you know, okay. Tell you what, let's let's start off with this. Um, The original short story Children of the Corn. I thought it was pretty good. Uh, One of the things I I keep mentioning this, especially for Stephen King Month, and especially for you, is that this story and a whole bunch of other Stephen King works were a really strong influence on the very first Silent Hill game. And honestly, it's pretty subtle for a lot of them. Some of the stuff is a little bit more overt. Uh, There's a street named Bachman Street, obviously after Richard Bachman. But there's like these little things in... uh, in the Stephen King stories that just come into the first Silent Hill novel, or Silent Hill movie, not movie, game. Damn it. And oh,
2: man, I should make you watch the first Silent Hill movie.
1: Ah, uh, come on, I like this series. Anyway, one of the things that really got me, it was very obvious, is I played Silent Hill first and then I read Children of the Corn, is, have you ever read the story? Years and years ago. Okay, well, I'll refresh your memory. Uh, the female character, the lead female, she gets killed. She gets dead as fuck. She gets crucified on a cross of corn with, like, barbed wire, and her eyes are plucked out. That is a scene from the very first Silent Hill, and that's not a spoiler. That's one of the very first scenes in the game.
2: Oh, sounds like that'd and be a really cool way to end the movie, and not the Disney-ass horse shit we'll get later.
1: Oh, well, let's, we'll get to that when we get to that. Now... As much as I do enjoy a whole lot of that story, because it's one of the very first Stephen King stories that I read where I was like, this is actually a little bit scary. It's just some of the way that he describes some of the things. I, I don't know that it created a creepier unsettling atmosphere, but... That whole thing, being crucified with barbed wire, your eyes plucked out, that's, that is scary imagery. That's, that's that's. hey, shout out to Stephen King. You did something right for a change. But I have to admit, I didn't like the way that the couple was constantly arguing. They were always bickering. I was just like, these two are going to get married or are married or, or were married or, or whatever. I don't even remember. It's just i just hated them as a couple it's just like oh geez these two i mean i don't care if it's a realistic portrayal of relationships or whatever they're just so unlikable characters and the actual ending of the story it's like after you know the whole crucifixion thing after that it's just it's obviously better than the movie but it still wasn't very good as far as i was concerned are you
2: telling me there's a stephen king story that has an unsatisfying ending
1: I hard to believe, I'm sure, but yeah. <laughs> anyway, so let's start off this movie. And The first thing that I'm reminded of when I'm watching this is, well, actually, that's it'd be the second thing. I'll tell you what the real first thing is: is uh, the narrator is a kid named Job. Uh, already terrible name, hate him. And the way that he talks, he just talks like a complete tool. She's like, that's <laughs> <laughs> the first tickle we had. This it's a very fucking important idiot child. Yeah, it's just like He was alright, my dad (laughs) (laughs) I was on my way to my first beating of the Sunday (laughs) Um, You see all the kids It starts off uh, with all the kids Murdering all the adults in the town I have to admit uh, It wasn't gory enough
2: (laughs) Oh, absolutely not But Was this supposed to be
1: PG or something? What year was this? 1984
2: yeah, I think by that point already the MPAA was already getting real sick of these old slasher movies yeah, it did not take I, long after the first Friday the 13th for shit to get turned around real quick
1: again I'm, I'm pretty sure this is a PG movie because they they don't say shit they don't say fuck, they don't say cunt, they don't say anything out there and the violence is, it, I mean there's gore but you never see like quite the actual violence, they'll cut away before they actually show it I I think this is a probably a PG movie I, I'm not going to go check the ratings right now. I
2: could not possibly be bothered to look that up. It would take literal mm-hmm. seconds, and I won't do it.
1: Yeah, it's really not important. Anyway, well, I don't like Job anyway. It's just, the again, the way he talks, it's like, it like, oh, what would you like Joe? Job? And he's just like, same as always, a strawberry shake. It's just, shut up. I don't I don't know. I don't know. A little something like that. And he takes out a straw. You use a straw with a milkshake, young man. Anyway, they get killed. And then the movie has its first jump scare.
2: Boy, you just kind of breeze past it. That's the good part of the movie. Like, this movie peaks. Was, good? I was Is anything else better? <laughs> no, but... Is that not uh, <laughs> the peak of the movie? Is a bunch of children
1: murdering people? Yeah, but I don't know why they were doing... Well, maybe that I guess it kind of adds to it, I guess. You well, see Isaac looking in the window. I have to admit, okay, so I told Alex... I watched it with Alex, of course, and I, I told Alex, it was just like, okay, so I want you to keep an eye on this guy, Isaac. Uh, he was like... He was in his mid-twenties when he played this role yeah boy watching
2: it in hd for the first time he has an mm-hmm. old ass face and it made me Ooh, incredibly yeah. uncomfortable the entire so time. as soon as
1: it zoomed in, she's like oh okay what's up with that and as soon as it zoomed it, she zoomed it on his face she was like oh wow what <laughs> is this man boy <laughs> monster I <hate> uh, it. <laughs> uh we're just picking out this kid for his appearances kid he, he was wasn't older. a kid yeah he was older than i am i think uh either way um and he is—he does have a creepy face, but he does a boy. Does he do a job at this movie? I don't know if it was a good job or a bad job, but boy, he does you a can
2: job. Say that about a lot of the characters. Like you are performing, and I'm happy yeah. for you.
1: Well, again, I, I do have something to say about that. Uh, but moving on, we'll, we'll get to uh, the very first jump scare. We see a pair of female legs walking down a corridor. Three years after this, in a completely different town, towards this guy, she reaches into a drawer. Opens it up, takes something out, and blows a party favor in this guy's face. That's a jump scare.
2: This movie's really good, you guys. It's a horror yeah. classic.
1: They keep doing shit like that. It's terrible. It's weird the how, like, Stephen King, Master 4, can't even do a jump scare correctly. It's like, okay, yeah, probably, he didn't write the screenplay or anything, but I'm sure someone could have interpreted that in, a, like, a better way. Now, I will say, this actually did lead to my for real what a, at least one of my favorite scenes of the movie when linda hamilton starts singing that song to her fiance that is the most adorable thing i have ever seen it's she you know linda hamilton is a damn good actress she really seems like like uh, someone who is soon to be married she really seems like she's in love with this guy now this is really difficult because this guy doesn't seem like he's in love with anything this guy has no personality He's just like, he, I think his entire personality is tired. Uh,
2: <laughs> he's just so put out that he has to go back and, was it an internship at
1: a fucking hospital or something? Is yeah, that something going? like that. But I like that song and the way she sings and dances to it. It's just like, it's not even trying to be sexy. She's just trying to be goofy and entertaining. And boy, she does a really good job of it. Look, I've never had
2: human-female relations But if one was ever on top of me, and then a housekeeper banged on the door, and I went, yeah, I'll be out in a minute, and then went to take a shower, (laughs) I feel like that might be a deal breaker. (laughs) He just (laughs) fucking pushed her off like, all right,
1: shower. we're going to hit the road. We're going to get to Nebraska. I will say this. Alex did notice this. There's no reason for the maid to be knocking on their door. They moved the sign to say, do not disturb. Why did she knock on? When does that ever stop them? That's a good point.
2: What, are you going to pay extra for late checkout just because you got to fuck? Like, road handy. (laughs) What are we
1: doing? Oh, well. Anyway, you know, I like Lena Hamilton so much in this movie. I could watch her in, say, another movie. Because, like, she was in a uh, a sci-fi movie. um, Don't do this. The RoboCop something. I don't know. Um, Moving on. I'm not acknowledging this
2: conversation's happening.
1: (laughs) Uh, boy, one of these days I'm actually going to have to watch The Terminator. I'm kidding. I'm oh. kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, okay, your room's spinning. Every Stephen King adaptation has at least one overactor. And this movie's overactor is whoever the kid is who plays Isaac. Because, oh my God. Every single time that he's on screen, I want to dial 911. Not because he was killing all the people in this town. Not because he was indoctrinating all the other children. But because he steals every single scene he's in. I like that he talks in the
2: old English, too.
1: Oh, that's so important, too. (laughs)
2: Like, everyone else is just some normal dude in the 80s and this kid speaking fucking backwards.
1: See... I guess it's a little bit early for me to bring this up, but we've all seen the uh, the, the South Park episode with uh, <laughs> the Molestation uh, station <laughs> episode or whatever. I don't remember what it's called, but basically it's a parody of Children of the Corn.
2: If you haven't, please watch that instead of Children of the Corn. I cannot stress that enough.
1: Oh yeah, very important. Uh, <laughs> I have to admit, I saw that before I saw Children of the Corn. Same, but uh, I spent like 10 years not knowing what Outlander was from. I thought it was a Bad Max reference, to be honest. <laughs> but uh, anyway, one of the things that you kind of see in Children of the Corn, or the parody, the South Park parody of it, was that there's a reason that they're acting like this, is that this hasn't, this hasn't actually been happening, is that their leader is corrupt in some way. Uh, and at first, I thought that was what was going to happen with both the short story and the movie. I thought there was going to be like, oh, uh, Isaac is really, like, whatever, maybe maybe he's uh, trying to accrue power and he'll take over Nebraska for what that's worth and, or, or maybe he's just crazy maybe he's on hallucinogenics or something like that as soon as you see him lighting those candles you're like oh no he is genuine he definitely believes in a corn god he is
2: 100% all in on this there's no ulterior motive he just really he truly is the vessel for the corn god which I, totally I will call him too. because he who walks behind the rose is a fucking mouthful
1: it is That's, that is not easy to say That's at one point Job says it and he says it's, he kind of just slurs it and you're just like "Who he what what uh, A real but,
2: catchy name just like Freddy or Jason or Michael oh, he, he lost behind when, the rose
1: Isaac just he goes up to the room and he says you have the gift of sight and I'm just like I'm fucking can we get this kid in more shit you know this guy this, this kid can act I don't know if he can act well but uh, Can we get boy, this he acts
2: diabolical, man. Boy, in more movies. Oh,
1: I <laughs> I'm see, gonna make myself could...
2: feel real bad by the end of this. I hope you know that.
1: Well, you know, it's I I he that's the thing is like he I think he knew as soon as he got out of high school. I was like, yeah, without everything I got going on, I'm probably gonna have to be an actor. And I bet he had to work really hard to get this role. And he decided he would just give everything he had for it. Well, I know he didn't not,
2: he didn't choose to look like this. But he chose yeah. this performance, so you know what? I don't feel as bad.
1: But, I, I mean, what am I going to feel bad? Yeah, he's an overactor. He's hand me a shit. But it, to me, it it's kind of a comparison to the Stephen King segment in Creep Show. It's oh. It is definitely overacting. That's meaner but, than whereas, anything,
2: I said, "Holy shit!"
1: No, well, okay, I, I, okay. On the flip side, Stephen King's performance is objectively bad, but it's it's really entertaining. I think this performance is so weird. It's, it's not really bad or good. That's not really the, the words I'd use to describe it. But it is very over the top. And it's uh, it's much like the Stephen King segment, it is so much fun to watch. Like I said, he steals every single scene he's in, both in a good way and a bad way. But you want to see more of him. In fact, I the next note I wrote down was... Why isn't he in all the other sequels? Why would you watch those if Isaac's not in them? I know he's in 666. He comes back there. Now that's the only one I want to see.
2: You say you want to see it. Like, no. you want me to call your bluff, which is
1: interesting. Uh, and to credit to the actor, from what I hear, he's a really decent guy. Apparently, I think it was oh, 9 no. uh made him... <laughs> I have to. Did you look this up in the trivia or whatever? No, but you just you just casually dropped nine eleven into into children. No, but it, of the yeah, we're going casually drop nine eleven here. So he wasn't accurate and stuff up until uh, September eleventh, two thousand one, and he said uh, that he realized that, you know with everything going on in the world, his his talents would be better served educating children than uh, you know acting as them. So he became a teacher. Yeah, last and, time he uh,
2: educated I, children, they murdered every adult in the town. So you know what? Oh my god, that
1: would have been pretty funny. Alright, I don't even know why I didn't even go with that joke. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he became a teacher. And you know, speaking as a teacher, I just, you know, I, I I really respect that move. Basically what I'm saying is, I'm a lot like this famous Hollywood actor. So, yeah, yeah, moving on. Same. the There is kind of a... Hey, what if I told I, you that Isaac played cousin to it in
2: the two Adams Family movies? Because I just learned that right now. And I need to lay down.
1: That isn't that kind of sad, you know. Th- this kid's a really good actor, and all they did was they just slapped a giant hair costume on him and had him go me 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 into like a microphone. I mean, it's good work if he can get it. Is it good work? Is is he being paid enough for this? I hope he was. I mean, the
2: only other movie he's done that I've heard of is the Tower of Terror movie.
1: You would have heard of that
2: Steve Gutenberg <laughs> and the young Kirsten Dunst that's it. Man, I wonder,
1: has Steve Gutenberg ever made a good movie? How dare you? No. See? Um, Absolutely not. anyway. The, the movie are a does a trash decade. We'll get to that, but the movie basically operates under this premise that Isaac, who, very charismatic, I really like it, is being influenced by He Who Walks Beyond the Road, some sort of corn, god, demon, whatever, and this, in turn, is influencing the rest of the children in the town. It's an interesting idea, but it would really only work if these were adults. Now, c- b- follow me here. The kids are, kids in general, kids in life, are very easily influenced, we know this. I mean, kids watch Barney the Dinosaur for crying out loud, but kids are also remarkably dimwitted. Sorry kids, if you're listening and far more likely to obey someone older or physically bigger because, like, that's that's just a way that they see authority. So I know it sounds a little bit simplistic, and the story is at least partially a commentary that we shouldn't take the words of a charismatic religious leader too seriously, but speaking as a teacher and a coach, it's just not that realistic. So I don't see why a 12-year-old such as Malachi, I'm just estimating ages here, would listen to a 10-year-old like Isaac. It, it just doesn't make sense to me and okay I know it happens in the movie at some point Malachi 12 years old red hair weird lips overthrows Isaac but it shouldn't take him three years if, if I was if you're on a playground and you're 12 years old you're not going to be listening to a 10 year old tell you what to do it just doesn't work like that
2: yeah this movie does not have one would say any answers to any question you might have in it it's like why did they, everyone listen to him oh he was a preacher so they listened to him what? Next scene. Doesn't matter.
1: Yeah, it's it's a terrible explanation. And to me, this is what is... It, it kind of ruins my previous takes on Stephen King. Is In the past, I've said that one of the things that Stephen King does well, and in fact better than almost any author that i know is he writes children very well i think he has a really strong connection to his childhood he remembers a lot of the way that children talked the way they acted you know what they would do in sort in certain situations how they felt in certain situations and he translates that to the page very well this movie and this story i think he completely fucked it up because i i think that this is really unrealistic ways for children to act
2: well you gotta remember almost everything from night shift was written before carrie like what was this yeah Yeah. published in 1977 like there's a lot of there's a lot of growing to be done
1: that's true i read shit i I wrote
2: two years ago when i got halfway through it and couldn't look at myself
1: like it happens (laughs) i mean uh, i've got stuff i'm writing right now where i'm kind of like that the last thing i published two years ago (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's it, I got to tell you. It's it's one of those things where I understand that this was not written really to tell like the story of like oh this is how children think and feel and act and stuff like that. This is written for two reasons. One to scare people and two as a commentary on religion because we found the third thing that Stephen King hates. He hates greasers, he hates rednecks and Boy, does he hate organized religion. Do you think he has an
2: axe to grind against religious fanatics in any way, shape, or form?
1: I think that there is a decent possibility of that. Uh, Speaking of things that Stephen King has to include in every single story he's ever written, ever, uh, there's a psychic child in here. I know you're a little (laughs) bit surprised. That
2: seemed unnecessary and didn't really matter.
1: Yeah, it was completely worthless and had no real point, but she's in the story. She
2: is certainly there.
1: Yeah, so uh, I. Please tell me how you felt about this scene. It's like remember, okay, so like there's a little kid in the, his name is what, Joseph, I guess Joseph. All these kids have
2: biblical ass names, but they had them beforehand. Like, wouldn't that make more sense if he like
1: gave them new Bible names after they killed all the parents? That's a really good idea. Moving on, (laughs) Joseph decides that he would leave the uh, he would he would leave their little commune, I guess. And uh, he, he tells them all, it's like, and he still uses these biblical phrases to threaten them. It's like, if you, if you tell him then you're going to roast alive in the lake of fire for all eternity. Anyway, he gets killed a ship by Malachi. And you know why I think he gets killed a ship by Malachi? Because Job tells him, okay, let me know if I was looking or whatever. And he goes, okay, go. Nobody's looking. Nobody's looking. It was just like, well, now they are. <laughs> Come on. Like, again, like, hey,
2: don't do that. Like, can't. Like, they're not allowed to have music or toys or anything. Like, why would anyone listen to this fucking three-foot-tall kid? That's I, I a, know you've already said it, but it, like, it, try that shit in present day. He's getting bullied every day forever.
1: Oh, absolutely. That is, like, the number one Break
2: your PlayStation, kind of Center No, I'm dumping your books and cramming you <laughs> in a locker almost immediately. Oh, yeah, absolutely.
1: You know, it's it's... I, there was a good line about him that I, I thought was good, but also completely unapplicable to this. Uh, someone says, uh, "Job says Isaac never let us listen to music or play games." I think that's because no one ever asked him to play before. In any other movie, that might be like a decent line, kind of, kind of whatever, kind of Spielbergy, you know. But still, it's like, well, oh, if only someone had asked him to play, then they <laughs> would have been friends. But in this one it doesn't apply He is As soon as you see him blinding the scales You understand it's like No he really believes in this corn demon So this is a corn demon thing This is not a oh if only someone had played with Isaac No 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 This guy this guy isn't looking to play This guy is looking for blood sacrifice
2: <laughs> Every time we say corn demon I regret watching this more and more <laughs> Also follow up uh, question When are you going to put Freak on a leash In this episode
1: Oh, that's good. Oh, man. There's going to be a lot of, of musical
2: was, cues. You're going to
1: really hate uh, this. Oh, man. Maybe I'll, I'll I'll just, like, I'll try to isolate the audio for when it goes... There you where go. Where he's, like, trying to, like, hock up a I'll just, so like, put dope. it over, like, whatever you're talking. <laughs> <laughs> and
2: with me, as always, is my
1: friend, Monkey. <laughs> <laughs>
2: and then we can tie it back to Scooby-Doo and have the spooky pirate ghost adventure with corn. It
1: oh, all connects. <sighs> well, uh, moving Pirate Ghost. I don't want to talk about this movie. Can you tell? <laughs> Nothing happens. No, no. I no. I got. I got stuff to say here. So like Joseph. Joseph is trying to escape, right? And the corns all surrounding him. But they're playing that music like. Oh, oh, oh. It's like the music's totally inappropriate. The entire movie. They it's like really like that sense. song because they play yeah, apparently. Times. So the camera's whipping around, showing all the corn all over the place, and throughout the movie, it, it's it's not often that I say this, but for once, I really noticed the set design in that it was really bad. They were just like, yeah, okay, so we read the story, and corn is everywhere. And in the story, like, I guess it's because it's so vague that you use your imagination. You're like, wow, corn everywhere. Well, that's kind of creepy. In this, it is the least creepiest thing. would just say, yeah, corn everywhere. Let's just dump it all over the place. I, I actually legitimately laughed when I saw his car was just, had was like covered in corn i was just like that's like the laziest thing i've ever seen and somehow the most like intensely hard-working things just like put corn all over it my god we passed the cornmobile. what danger lies beyond her? basically what it comes down to is those two things one alex kept calling the movie set in corn nebraska <laughs> and i realized that you know we've talked about movies in the past that do a very good job of creating a or unsettling atmosphere two that immediately come to mind is better than almost anything else in the genre would be the witch which does it so well and the good version of the shining those are just immediately as soon as like the movie starts you're like this is a creepy unsettling atmosphere and more importantly it's gonna stick with you after you're watching now that I've said that... Alternatively, Linda Hamilton what,
2: demands to know why her husband won't fuck him.
1: There's that. Uh, it's, it's, more, it's more about the fact that this movie is the one I've seen that fails harder than any other movie that's actively trying at creating a creepier unsettling atmosphere. They keep trying to make corn scary. It, it doesn't work. Not a single second of it works.
2: Look, I understand that in real life, like, getting stuck in a cornfield would be horrifying... And it's actually sharp as hell and would cut you up if you got lost in it. But this is a horror movie.
1: You know what, dude? That I'm a really not on a fucking tonight. haunted hayride right now. Oh, like, my God. You so, gotta do better. So I'm not trying to summarize the movie. I'm not trying to go, like, scene by scene. But this it does matter. Okay, so, like, uh, so the kid gets his uh, his throat cut by Malachi, gets dumped into the road immediately afterward for some reason. I don't know why. And he gets he gets killed as shit by the car. I laughed. I laughed. So hard when that so little fucking Alex. dummy went flying! <laughs> oh my god! So, uh, I just want to say shout out to the you know the little student baker they were driving for winning the Jeff Heath Award of the month. <laughs> oh my god! Because uh, that child with a heat-seeking see. concussion rifle. And the other one is like, okay, so he checks her neck. He decides it's like, okay, sit still. He moves her neck around, which is exactly what you want to say to <laughs> someone who's been in a car crash. This <laughs> dude's a doctor. And, yeah, 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 you're fine. It's just a bruise. Yeah, and then he then he walks out. He's like, "Okay, I gotta go check it." And, uh, the woman walks out, and she's like, "Is he?" And I was I was about to be like, "Dead? No, no kidding." <laughs> <laughs> like, come on, he's fake. Anyway, so yeah, the kid is obviously dead. has no th- has throat slit, and uh, the guy goes deep into the maze to go get the kid's uh, fucking suitcase and brings it back. saying, "Oh my now," and
2: finders keepers. dweeb, you're not using it.
1: Yeah. Oh, by the way, throughout the entire movie, they're just. Shitting on religion entirely, like opening up to it. They were shitting on this, uh, one of those radio preachers. There's no room for the fornicators, Which I would admit that's actually a really good scene because a, fuck those guys, and b, it's another cute Linda Hamilton scene. It's just another one of those that, that that's something that you know a soon-to-be married couple would do. But then she gets with, like no room for commitment, and he's like, hey man, oh, you got me, honey. You would do this now in the fucking cornfield. I've been
2: driving for days. <laughs> She's so kid's fucking there's, terrible I'm oh, sorry, that's so, a short story
1: Yeah, well, either way They decide, okay, we'll just drive along with the body and They come across a old fella And that seems boring, so we move on And they're like, okay, we have to go to was it Hemingford, right? They have to go to Hemingford, it's 19 miles away Or Gatlin is 3 miles away and they keep driving, driving. Oh, there's another Gatlin side. Oh, we're trying to get to Hemingford, though, so we'll go on. Oh, there's another Gatlin side. And he does say a really funny line that was, uh, what do they have, a monopoly on, on roadsides? Which I thought was really funny, and it describes a lot of the places near where I grew up. But you just killed a kid. There's a dead body in the back of your car. Could you not make jokes now? <laughs> uh, anyway, they so they keep on driving. And they keep on driving. And the kids decide to go kill the... The uh, guy at the one road stop with his dog—they killed the dog. First of all, what the fuck? And for God's sakes, the the couple—they keep on driving. They keep on driving, and now they're in a cornfield. How did you guys get here? How'd you get into this dirt path in the middle of these cords? It's the guy, whoever's driving the car, sucks at driving. And it just—it oh, is. You're just so bored. like, oh my God, what something happened? And they finally get out of the corn of oh, the corn maze. You're just like, oh, finally, now we get. Oh God damn it, they're right back where they started. Just like what is this movie doing to me how much longer do i have the second act of
2: this movie is eternal it is it It, never ever ends the movie
1: is less than 90 minutes that second act might be an entire hour
2: i almost fell asleep three times because they just keep
1: exploring
2: empty building after empty house picking up every single phone they see
1: it, it really bugs me because like okay they're like okay fine we'll just go to Gatlin who cares or did they uh, the, say
2: Gatlin a hundred fucking times or what by the way oh, okay, Gatlin try to get to Gatlin all these Gatlin signs hey guess what this movie wouldn't happen if they just didn't have fucked up signs these kids are You know idiots. what?
1: this this movie definitely wouldn't happen if it was and this is really embarrassing <laughs> Alex got on me for this one I think it was by like I think it must have been halfway into the movie uh they they, come, they they go into Gatlin, right? And they're looking around. They don't see anything. They find a live rat. Oh, jump scare. Not even. And they decide to leave. They're like, they go in there. They find the three kids. The kids run away. They chase after They can't find them. They're just like, oh, let's just go to it It's like, you went here for nothing. Well, let's yeah. just go to
2: the next town over with this child's <laughs> yeah, corpse in yeah. our trunk.
1: <laughs> anyway, <laughs> they, so they come across an old-style house. And the guy decides he wants to go into this one for no real reason. And i think at that point is what i realized i was just like hey i just realized this movie isn't set in maine <laughs> i was like wait did Stephen king
2: actually write this uh oh so... you know he wrote it because his name is as big as the fucking title
1: card on the crest. i think it's a little bit bigger <laughs> anyway well, actually, I... I just
2: realized we missed the part that made me turn on this movie entirely uh, it's what? right after they hit the kid and he's like all right just lay down and there's like a two minute long stalking scene and there's a like, jump scare, oh, and yeah. she wakes up. I was fucking out. You throw a dream sequence into this goddamn movie, done. It was so lazy. Done. It was so lazy.
1: Like, the kid sits up, and I... Uh, fucking... Fuck that.
2: If it's not an Elm Street movie, and you throw a dream sequence in just so you have a jump scare,
1: we're, we're done. Do better. Anyway, so we see those kids dressed up playing Monopoly, and I think I've said in the past that... A lot of Stephen King adaptations have really good child performances. I think specifically of, like, Stand By Me. um, What's another one?
2: The TV version of The Shining?
1: No. (laughs) uh, The actual version of The Shining. Tony! (laughs) Uh, There's other ones. I I I just don't know why they're not coming to mind right now. Uh, Because we don't watch the good ones. ones. (laughs) I think, yeah, maybe I... I, no, there's there's a whole lot of them I, I, They're just not coming to mind, fuck it, whatever uh, But in, in the past, I think he's done a pretty good job Of getting good child actors Into his shitty adaptation Oh yeah, It, of course Those kids are really good In both adaptations, those kids are really good But uh, these kids very clearly are not very good Like, they're playing Monopoly It's just, like, boring And they're making jokes about Isaac It's just like, whatever Malachi captures him, brings him to Isaac, and Isaac lights those cameras. As soon as Isaac lights those candles, this movie jumps from, like, oh, it's a B movie to this is an A-plus movie. Just seeing him light those candles, just, like, you can hear, like, you know, fucking uh, Gregorian chants in the background, as far as I'm concerned. and uh, You can't hear it, because they play the song eight fucking times. Yeah, anyway... Can we talk about Malachi, who's almost as much of an overactor as Isaac, with his lips shutting out? He looked like Mick
2: Jagger. I don't want to be too mean to everyone's appearance, but he has the biggest mouth I've ever seen on a human being. I know. It makes
1: me so uncomfortable when he yells. So I I wrote down this joke and I think this is this is ordinarily one of the ones that we would put at the end of the episode. So this will be a little. Oh, I, don't, I don't know if so I want to. Put this here. it's horribly
2: offensive and mean spirited. Got it.
1: Malachi Malachi looks like if Pat McQuiston fucked Paul McQuiston. Jesus God. <laughs> How dare you! That is, I I think that's one of. Look, I'm pretty proud of that one. Anyway, uh, so feel Malachi... Because, like, like, all
2: these horror people are such nice people who will go to any convention and take pictures <laughs> with you. They're all the nicest people, but I'm just so fucking petty. I can't but be stopped.
1: I know. Anyway, I thought Paul McQuiston was pretty good. I don't know why he got drafted by the Cowboys of the Third. But yeah, uh, me neither. Yeah. So Isaac says uh, he has nothing against Job and Sarah. I don't see why. They, they're they not part of his congregation. Why doesn't he kill them? That's a good thing that I don't know. I will say that it's a good thing that I don't know. I, I'm glad it's left unexplained. I think it makes him a little bit creepier. It, it almost, it's like it adds another rule there. It's not It's not like it's world building or anything here, but he killed all of the adults. He didn't kill any of the children. I wonder why that would be. This is probably connected to, to some bigger thing. So he's like, okay, go ahead, go ahead take a back And Balkite says, I I swear, deadass, he's tried to channel John Travolta." and Carrie. goes, but they had a game and music. And I'm just like, everybody must get stoned. It's just, it's such a silly way to say it.
2: You're going to work that impression in every episode, aren't you? Uh,
1: I guess so. Also, here's a fun
2: question for you about the logistics of this movie. Okay. You're going to tell me these kids have survived off harvesting corn for three fucking years now. Holy
1: shit, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, you're not
2: supposed to, because if you ask a question, it falls apart. Oh, man. Turns out when you take a 20-page short story and search it in the 90 minutes.
1: Oops. They got to be just shitting straight corn, then.
2: Oh, my God, yes.
1: Yeah, just, just just recycle it.
2: Puffing ethanol and just having weird and super religious orgies. It wouldn't be the first time, Stephen. Anyway, <laughs> <I'm just laughs> anyway.
1: So the, the the couple they're exploring the house and it's really boring and no one cares. And then the lead straight up says on purpose. I I don't even think this is in the script. He just says things just aren't happening fast enough. And I think I screamed, "No fucking shit!" <laughs> Correct. <laughs>
2: Uh, well, uh, let me pick up this phone. Yeah, this wire's cut, too. I'm gonna go upstairs.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he just picks up the phone. This guy's like, oh, the phone's dead. And I'm just like, that's your reaction. uh oh, this doesn't work. <laughs> this guy was in a real hurry
2: 30 minutes ago when his wife was trying to fuck him. All of a sudden, he's got time to mosey around town. Mm-hmm. Oh, the general store's closed. Oh, there's a rat in here. Let's try mm-hmm. this building. Oh, the post office doesn't look like it's been used He could come across
1: a dead body and be like, oh, this guy's not going to help us.
2: Ah, <laughs> oh, jeez, he's been here forever. I wonder what happened. Well, let's go into the
1: supermarket. Oh, this milk has expired. <laughs> so he... <laughs> oh, that looks like the phone book is from three years ago. I wonder if that means
2: something. It means something to the audience, but they already saw it, so they know what happened. I guess this scene's pointless.
1: Yeah. Well, moving on. So... Uh, Linda Hamilton gets kidnapped, and she deserves to be kidnapped. I'm sorry, but she does. No, she does, because we got to talk about this, okay? Uh, let's say it's the NFL Combine. You've been training as a quarterback for your entire life. You get out there, you're going to perform. There's, there's your audience. All these kids are trying to, you know, come through with hatches and stuff and kill you, or whatever. And so, what do you do? You pick up that lamp that's right there. How <laughs> yeah. do you miss? She
2: fucking wings it at the wall fucking idiot oh my god as soon as you said lamp I remembered it
1: so oh my god you ever god. see the hit movie Mulan cause fucking Mulan it just reminds me of the scene where, where uh Mushu starts yelling how could you miss he was three feet in front of you
2: <laughs> does that mean you're gonna pepper in I'll make a man out of you this that, is gonna be a very uh, nah, that, that, that will work
1: uh, I, I never really, I never really liked it. It's about uh, what what? was it Ewan McGregor in a brothel or something? What the awful fuck? Musical? How could you? <laughs> <laughs> All right. How anyway, dare so she you? gets kidnapped and she gets crucified on on uh, a cross of corn, and then somehow survives. That's when Malachi turns on Isaac. And that's so much fun to watch. Question not my word, Malachi. As soon as he says it, it's just like the of sides of just like bitch. <laughs> oh man it's uh it's kind of classic the way he screams when he's about to get crucified too it is uh, he makes a sound boy he is trying real hard and i like that so uh malachi comes up and he's like let's let's go get the the male guy that uh, you know <laughs> to chase it after him and obviously you're thinking about we have your woman <laughs> you know we're i'm gonna put in that scene hopefully please in God. fact definitely from uh south park but there's one little 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 scene in here, and I will admit, I, I saw the nostalgia critic review of this. This oh is the scene God. that Every I noticed it. He does it, it too. You. No, no, no. This is this we're talking about because I don't know if you noticed it, and it's really important to me. So they're running through. It's a corridor. It cuts to a different scene. Cuts back to it, it's the same like alleyway. And there's one kid who comes running through. He goes, ah, just running through. <laughs> you can tell this kid knew he only had one scene, and he wanted to do everything he could with it, and boy, he's one of the most re- you know remarkable things about the entire movie in his full two-second scene.
2: Sometimes when you're an extra, you have to give it a little something extra, Chris. That's how you that's, make your mark in Hollyweird.
1: Well, that, that's one of the things that I do like about this movie is that almost everyone in here is trying. I don't know if they're trying well, but they're trying hard, and that means something. If there was, was
2: plays- a director who could reign in performances. <sighs>
1: I guess that's the, the stuff of, dreams. of having a
2: movie that's all about children when you have
1: no budget. A good director—that is the stuff that dreams are made of. Nineteen forty-one, The Maltese Falcon. Maybe look it up. Anyway, uh, uh, so he, uh, no, yeah. <laughs> anyway, he somehow saves her. I'm, I'm skipping over stuff because this movie's kind of boring. And kind of this dude is, yeah. This movie uh, features a main character who's also kind of selfish, kind of a dick, actually. So he saves little Hamilton. She helps him figure out this like the Bible passage, which is so obvious to me. It's like it's some of the leg fire and stuff like that. He's like, "What the hell does that mean?" I was just like, "Read it again. Come on, reading comprehension." <laughs> like, to back it
2: up, you know what I just realized? So she's kidnapped and he's down in the little bunker with the kids. There is not a drip of urgency in any of his dialogue. Like, so who's this Isaac kid? The Malachi doesn't like him, huh? Man, they yeah, they never the adults, even... right? Like yeah. there's not an ounce of like, where's my wife? <laughs> He's like, huh? Ah, mm-hmm. Guess I got out of this deal is pretty easy. This is kind of nutty. Ah, jeez, no one's gonna believe him. I say, kids, cru- crucified her on a giant cornstalk. Mm-hmm. I guess we'll go find her.
1: Oh, well, maybe it. she maybe she knows what's going on around here. <laughs> so, so uh, they finally figure out. Oh, we have to burn the thing. She figures it out. Linda Hamilton figures it out, and he never once says thank you. I just, I, it just bugs me. I don't. Come on, just like be like, thanks, honey. You're the best. And he he does say, I love you. I was really hoping for her to say, but will you will you marry me? Can I can I get that? Can I get something, please? I know it's not the right place to propose, but come honey, on, honey. We'll talk about it. <laughs> Let's go. Anyway, so he gets he gets literally trapped by the cord, like they like they do like the <laughs> Evil Dead thing. They wrap around his legs. Cord's still not so scary. Bad. And then the kid saves him, right? The kid comes over there and saves him. And the guy's response is, what are you doing here? I, I Again, dude, thank you. And I have to admit, the kid comes back on the screen. And what I'm pretty sure it was an ad lib and says, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then they burn the whole place down. And Hold I will say on. this.
2: You can't just breeze past huh. the incredible effects when he walks behind the rose, takes over.
1: Wait. Oh, God, you're right. You I can't
2: just breeze past. That incredible computer technology. Well, the what well, the voice. He I mean wants that to. Malachi. As soon as that popped up,
1: I literally said "yikes" out loud. Like, oh, you, wait, you mean like the final explosion, right? Because I was going to get to that. Oh,
2: no. I meant when it was like slowly. Oh. <laughs> did you space out? Because I did. When he's like on the crucifix and it's like slowly taking oh, over. Oh, that.
1: Oh, you're right. I did definitely. I didn't. I didn't. I. I, I definitely remember it, but I didn't really. I don't really know what to say about it. It's just really bad. And the only okay, thing no, I will say this: like, I obviously everyone else is looking at the, for what they are, yellow and black dots that are, uh, <laughs> uh, there. Um, I don't know what that is, uh, but what I wasn't looking there, I was looking at Isaac because again he steals every scene he's in, and you can tell he's looking down, looking to the left, looking down, looking to the left, not really sure how to react. He's not looking at those yellow and black dots, which are obviously not there because it could be generation. He's looking for direction. He is desperately. Looking, like, guys, what? What am I supposed to do? I'm, guys, I, I'm, I'm trying to look concerned. I, I don't know. Where's what's it coming from? Just
2: bigger, louder, scream.
1: Yeah, it's, you it's guys down are gonna there. fix this up up post, about, right? Uh, what, just what you know. He's he is not getting a whole lot to work with. That's why I give him a lot of credit, because I, I don't think that the director was telling him, you know, oh, be. He just said be a religious leader, and he makes his own character as far as I can tell, because I'm pretty sure in the story the character of Isaac isn't there. It's, it's described a lot differently. This is his own character that he made for this movie. Dude, he created something. That That's art. I, I like it, all right? So, I mean, there's that. And then there's more computer-generated magic. Uh, but first, how hard do you think Michael Bay was when he watched this movie's climax with all those explosions? <laughs> they kept those showing beautiful. corn exploding. I love like that, first of all. Also, uh, speaking of corn exploding, what am, what am I doing? Because, like, you see, like, that... Uh, the, uh, Isaac's cord Crucifix just explodes into the sky oh like a God, rocket. Yes. It goes flying. It's, it's so fucking that, bad. that looks like fun and I really hope rednecks have not seen this movie because I live right next to West Virginia. I swear to God they're going to see going, oh that looks like some down home fun. They are going to try to recreate that on like redneck Mythbusters or something like that. We're going to see if we can make
2: Dale do this. Chris, my culture is not a costume. I don't appreciate this impression. <laughs>
1: Anyway, so all these explosions happen, and I'm, like, sitting up. I'm, like, I definitely have, like, a 75% stiffy here. And then it's completely ruined with possibly the dumbest effect I've ever seen in my life. It's, like, this smoky face comes out. Okay, that like was this supposed
2: to be a face. Oh, thank oh, you, God. something like that. I oh, my no God, I rewound it. It's, like, there's no fucking way that's supposed to be a face screaming.
1: You rewound it. That means you watched it more than I did. False, I actually watched it twice. What a fuck. Wants to take notes and wants to watch with a girl. Anyway...
2: yeah how'd that go not worth it I would bet
1: she she would have rather have watched Bojack Horseman
2: or literally anything else
1: or literally anything rather watch a snuff video (laughs) it's uh so overall uh yeah it's okay there are little things I I like but other things I didn't like I give it a B plus
2: I mean what B plus. Stuckmanized. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Frozen horror.
1: Like, Wait, I, mean, like, I thought I haven't actually ever watched that guy's videos.
2: <laughs> Without Isaac and Malachi, this movie is like one star.
1: Yeah, it's barely even a star at all. I mean, Linda Hamilton, I guess, tries maybe a two star then. But with them in it, it's this is a. I mean, I, I try not to assign numbers, but right now I'm kind of feel like a four out of ten. This is just not a very good movie. There's a, there's
2: something I noticed Did you notice at all The entire movie the way the main character kept running
1: Cause <laughs> it was incredible Oh wait Well there's not just that He kept running with like a punctured lung They stabbed him right in the chest right there
2: He just had one arm hanging limp and just kept kind of <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yeah they stabbed
2: him right in the chest He's like ah oh, Yeah. So he's, this he's... Isaac fella sounds like bad news Hey
1: kids Yeah <laughs> Uh, overall, it's it's a bad movie, and not just because it's a horror movie that isn't scary. It's okay to be a horror movie that isn't scary. The witch never actually scared me, but it left me with this you know creepy feeling that lasted for fucking weeks. You know, this movie left me with boy, I'll never get that time back. It's it's never scary. It's never creepy, and it doesn't make me think about religion. Although it was so obvious with it too, it he keeps saying is like, "What oh, did you rewrite the whole thing, or just the parts that suit your needs?" Or is like, or talking about that cord crucifix that they find in the kid's suitcase. Is like, I think it's revolting, making fun of the preacher, and all the very obvious stuff about you know a preacher leading uh, his his mass congregation on uh, murderous rampage. But it gets even worse because, remember, this was made in 1984, Cold War, etc. And uh, the kids were like, yeah, my daddy built this bunker in case of the commies. And the guy's like, I don't think the communists are the thing to worry about. Just go ahead, look at the camera and say, we gotta worry about organized religion. Come on, dude.
2: (laughs) The real red scares the blood and the corn.
1: (laughs) Let not the blood pollute the corn. See, those performances save it. Did you like
2: how they had Linda Hamilton before the Terminator? So they just hit her in a barn for the
1: entire climax of the movie. Swing and a miss, guys. Try again. Again, this this is one of the ones where you realize like, just a few months after this movie came out, Terminator 1 came out. Terminator 1's a really good movie. so
2: One might say better than Terminator 2. That's a debate I'm willing to have with you, because spoilers... Uh, Eddie Furlong's performance gets worse every time you watch it.
1: Who's Eddie Furlong? Was he the? He was a little kid, right? Yes. I thought you were fucking I, with me. I, I had to think of. I don't memorize this stuff. Oh yeah.
2: Okay. Fine. Whatever. But it gets more and more unbearable every time you try and watch it. Promise. Really? I
1: remember. I remember the first time I watched it. I really liked it. Same. But I was also like twelve. I also really don't need an excuse to go back and rewatch Terminator. Dude, that fucking scene. Where he takes out the shotgun, he reloads it just by twirling it around. Holy shit.
2: Speaking of movies I wish I'd watched instead of Children of the Corn, any Terminator.
1: Oh, man, Terminator 2 is so good. Terminator 1 and Terminator 2 are very, very different movies. The thing about Terminator 1 is that it's more of a film noir. And it's it's a lot slower. It's definitely not as action-packed. And it's definitely not a bad thing. It's just its own style. So I think Terminator 2 had a little bit more mass appeal. But Terminator 1 is by the way, based off a Harlan Ellison story. Who?
2: Oh, the Scooby-Doo so guy! Moving on cool, to... cool, 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 cool. By the way, did you like the very attempt at cool. a carry moment in the back of the car? At the very end of the movie?
1: Oh, yeah, what the fuck was up with that? So... I have to admit, yeah, even, even Alex was just like Hours after it ended, she was just like So they just knock her out and just leave her in the car And they walk away
2: I only brought it up because I wanted to remind you That she just hits her with the door and he looks at her and goes Oh boy <laughs> She's <laughs> unconscious
1: It's I one of the worst endings so in any movie fun. ever
2: And they walk off with their kids that they've adopted He's like, I didn't want to fuck you four or five minutes ago But now we're going to adopt these children and live together And then credits roll The end, <sighs> well, everybody
1: <laughs> <laughs> fucking a plus, it is one no. of the very worst endings and it again it's the worst part about the, about the ending is it just ends it's just it's just the end no refunds so at that point i was like
2: all right fine after that awesome fucking practice that cgi effect like if that's what your uh, monster looks like maybe pull a jaws do it off
1: screen like
2: you get a final well, cut. It's your movie.
1: I, that's one of the things where if they had kept him off screen for perhaps the entire movie, it might have been a little bit better because you never actually see he who walks behind the rose. So you're kind of constantly guessing whether he exists or whether, you know, Isaac's just insane or whatever. Yeah,
2: like if it looks that shitty, just oh, make it ambiguous. Don't be like, oh no, there actually are demons. And also it's whatever this CGI yellow lava is. Enjoy.
1: Mm-hmm. Now uh, we're going to move on to our next movie. And first I want to ask you a very important question. Who is Paula Abdul?
2: Well, she had a really good duet with this cartoon cat. It was a really important song in my childhood.
1: I genuinely don't know what you're talking about.
2: That's fine. There's no need to look it up or add it to the episode.
1: She's <laughs> She, Dude, she sang with Tom from Tom and Jerry or something? Come on.
2: If it was a different animal, I'm going to be so upset. I didn't have time to Google it. Hang on.
1: Look, I don't give a fuck. But uh, anyway, uh, all I know is that apparently she was on American Idol, right? I ask this because every single time I look up our next movie, The Running Man, I keep keep seeing the stuff about the dancers in that movie. Uh, They were choreographed by Paula Abdul. I put it to you that if you had cut out every single scene with the dancers, the movie would not only be no different, but it would probably be a little bit better
2: yeah they cut to them 47 times
1: in a movie yeah, with Arnold
2: schwarzenegger fighting giant monster men to the death
1: it was just so worthless i understand i guess why they're there but boy no one cares no one cares at all it was oof, I, I just I couldn't possibly care about them i will say this is that i kind of knew about the running man before it was, it was one of the big schwarzenegger movies i had never seen along with like the Terminator, Predator, uh, Commando. What the fuck is Terminator. happening? <laughs> just <kidding. laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, oh, and last action hero. my like, MC
2: Scat Cat reference. <laughs>
1: Look it MC up. Scat the, Cat. That's
2: the name of the cartoon cat Paula Bill sings with. You're welcome. Hang on.
1: I'm MC so happy Scat for you right cat. now. Is that from American Dad or something? I don't know. I wish. Because it auto-completes with that. Oh, that looks... T- oh.
2: Oh, yeah, that's a music video. That's her singing with a cartoon cat, my dude.
1: Anyway, so Look who the you Running Man. Wrought. The Running Man stars Dweezil Zappa as uh as Ben Richards. Get it out of your system. And he, they live in. Oh, it's, I saw Richard toss. I thought it was Rosario Dos. I was like, what? Anyway, it stars man, Dweezil Zappa as Ben Richards, definitely feel good and about he off has. To it now he has to, uh, he's like some sort of paramilitary guy who refuses to fire out a bunch of civilians, but Dweezil Zappa as someone else off screen tells him you have to do it anyway. So... He is stuck in this prison sort of thing, and he escapes with a with the help of his black friend, played by Dweezil Zappa, and some other guy, also played by Dweezil Zappa. And Can't they're going along, and he—it's like this dystopian world sort of thing. I don't know that we need to go like scene by scene here, unless you really want to. But a couple things do stick out in my mind here is that this is when I talk about a great '80s movie, this is what I mean. This but I don't know that it is
2: '80s ass movie I've oh, ever yeah. seen.
1: But I don't know that it was one of the best movies of the 80s. See, I think there's like a distinction that really needs to be said here. I'm not trying to like make this like a meme or something like that. But like when I think about a two good movies that came out in the 80s, I'll give you two really good movies that came out. Three. Three really good movies that came out in the 80s. The Shining, Raging Bull, and Once Upon a Time in America. Those are great movies that came out in the 80s, but those aren't 80s movies. This, The Running Man, this is an 80s movie. You know what else is an 80s movie? Escape from New York. That's an 80s movie, right there. You know?
2: Well, like, this is the kind of movie you could never remake because it would oh, just oh, be no, so no, drenched no. in irony. And wow, one thing 80s crazy. Like, no, this is the most <laughs> pure, inject the 80s right into my fucking eyeballs and let's do this.
1: Yeah. Uh, and then, I mean, you got all these stars coming out here. I mean, you got fucking like Dweezil Zappa with his you mustache have to stop there. This. Okay, fine. You got uh, what was the his fact name? that Jesse we now Ventura. live
2: in this nightmare world? This movie sets up
1: a little upsetting. Uh, I I kind of feel like I should play like some. I won't play it as an interlude, but uh, maybe I will. I'll set up an interlude with the song "I Am the Slime" by Frank Zappa. I know I always get on him, but. That song, that is this movie. That is pretty much this movie. It's this movie isn't just about, you know, authoritarianism and you know the dystopia that could come about after the apocalypse or like the government taking over, all this other stuff. This movie is also a lot about television. And speaking of someone who used to work in this industry, it still to an extent sorta of does boy, this movie nails it. Especially that ending speech where it, it loses all subtlety. It's just like we've told the people what to think and what to feel and how to act and what to buy. It's just like, boy, people are not understanding the subtleties here. They do need it spelled out for them. I don't think they get it.
2: Can you... Just really... Chris, 2017 and the world economy has collapsed.
1: I, I, I really liked... Uh, who played the main bad guy there? The... Uh, Oh, Richard Dawson. Richard Dawson. Holy shit. Isn't... Isn't he so much fun in this? He is incredible. Like... The best part about him is that he... Again, he really does the exact same sort of thing that TV stars do. Is he'll act nice to you or act in a certain way to you in public, but in private, he's a completely different guy. And and really, the scene that sold it for me is the way he acts to the janitor. Like, he steps on that mop or whatever, he's like, hey, no, you're doing a great job, the floors look great. As soon as he gets into the elevator, he's like, no, you gotta fire him. That is the way that these TV stars act, is as soon as you get in public, you gotta maintain that persona. You know?
2: Apparently... They had to cut down his scenes a whole bunch because the uh, test audiences loved him so much that they got upset when he died at the end. And that is incredible.
1: Oh, that's such a shame. See, uh, there's a... There, there was another uh, thing I was thinking of. Oh, jeez, I just lost my train of thought. I have to cut that. Um, I wrote a, a small
2: summary if you want to use it, BTWs, because this movie is uh-huh. bonkers. Go for it, then. Well, Chris, it's 2017 and the world economy has collapsed. Food, uh, natural ready? resources, and oil are in short supply and a police state, divided into paramilitary zones Rules with an iron fist So clearly this is complete fiction And not a horrifying mirror to the hellscape we live in mm-hmm. The US of uh, a is sealed off its borders and It's a military state that controls all TV, movies, art Which of course includes video games, as you know Because video games are art Communication, yes. everything Again, complete fiction and not real criminals here have a choice that can serve their sentences as free labor in the clinton manor i forgot i wrote that i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> i don't remember writing that well. <laughs> or they can take part in the running man a government-owned violent game show that american gladiators absolutely did not rip off contestants run for freedom while being pursued by stalkers who are like 80s wwf gimmicks but way way better yeah meanwhile comma officer ben richards regular cool american who's totally normal and not a giant austrian is framed for the massacre of unarmed civilians captured and forced to appear and then things get hella silly from there chris your thoughts on this incredible movie a plus moving on
1: uh well i have to admit that uh seeing i can we talk about jesse ventura real quick because like we see him really early on and he's got that mustache, and the question here is, was he dubbed by Patrick Warburton, or did he go on to dub Patrick How Warburton? Because dare you that's the same voice.
2: that Jesse Ventura's luscious pipes are not his own.
1: He, he is a man who has lived several investigating lives. Investigating
2: Blackwater in the Pentagon, for you just to throw it all away like that.
1: Well, God bless him and his surface and his mustache. Uh, does he still have that mustache?
2: Of course he does.
1: Good, because otherwise I wouldn't like him anymore. Uh, he's he's also at the beginning of the movie bald, doing his long leg. hair. It's incredible. He's also doing like a workout program, and then they bring him back. I got really confused at one point.
2: Wasn't he like a forward champion?
1: I don't know, but yeah. Well, anyway, he's in there. Uh, huh? What are the things that this movie does well? I don't, I don't know if this qualifies as world building, but I kind of think that it is. It's a lot of a show don't tell is oh yeah so so like you're you're watching this movie right and you say okay Arnold Schwarzenegger and he's in like this dystopian game show and he's got to he's got to survive right and you and you immediately you think the only way to survive is to you know kind of kill your way out he kills the first stalker the guy sub zero which leads to the great line the is sub zero now playing zero and you're like it doesn't you make just, sense i know you could have just said no just zero and walked off. Or but sub zeros below down zero. Down
2: so how does that work?
1: Yeah, I this
2: movie. Either fucking, way. yeah, all yeah, of that's, his that's lines a, are horrendous. This movie. I love like him. we joke anyway, about like uh, bad Arnold puns, but these are some of the worst. They don't make sense. These except these for the are one the worst. that you know I wrote down.
1: Well, we'll get, we'll to, get to that. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, I, I think that. um... I, I think that with this, with the Sub-Zero one, they kill him, and the audience is stunned silent. And I think if you were like in the actual audience back in 1987 watch watched this movie, everyone in the crowd would be like, wait, what's the big deal? It's like he killed this guy. It's Arnold. It's what he does. This movie makes it pretty clear that, no, 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 that's not supposed to happen. He wasn't supposed to kill that guy. This is, this is outside the norms. And you can win this game without killing people. It, immediately, I think it kind of characterizes him as like, as more of an anti-hero than a real hero. He is willing to kill these people in order to get his way out. And I'm into it. I am totally into it. It's, it's a better twist because in most of Arnold's movies it's like, oh yeah, he's a badass. But other sometimes he's a straight villain like in Terminator. Or sometimes he's just a straight hero. Terminator 2. This is a little bit of an in-between. Like Another scene that really made me think about that is... Whoever that lead actress was. She was gorgeous, but I didn't really understand why Good. she was in the movie.
2: Lord, those dueling accents. I wanted to die. Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, anyway, at one point he says to her that she was just. It's something like, it's like. Oh, they think that I slept with you or something like that. It's like, well, I could put an end to that right now. I could just strangle you in front of that camera. So it's like, why would you offer to do that? Don't do that. <laughs> this movie has—he just says it so casually. Like, oh, I could just like strangle you in front of that camera, and she's just like, no, eh, eh, kind of before you Didn't. Also, A lot oh, God, of regular over. I'm so sorry.
2: Cool opinions on women in this movie. Very normal.
1: Oh yeah, uh, definitely normal with all those dancers being so right. I don't know if I'm going to have to cut this joke, but was this movie made before women knew how to be sexy? Because <laughs> that, uh, that dance scene, is just like, that very much is the scene where it's like, these, these women are trying to be sexy. And it's oh, do you mean the, not how they dance
2: like the women do in space meet anyone
1: on not shit? <laughs> that was ball. exactly what I was thinking. How do you do this? <laughs> it is so, I'm so happy I found my soulmate and someone I don't want to sleep with. Yes. Thank you so much. Um, Lucky you. I'll so never fuck. <laughs> <laughs>
2: to shake, like a bowl full
1: of jelly. <laughs> oh, Christmas came early to Santa. So. <laughs> I wish I was watching Space <laughs> I'm gonna have to watch that episode after this. Now, thanks a lot. Uh, you just improved my night because uh, <laughs> that's <laughs> that's a great episode. Uh, so I we could, we completely skipped over it. It's completely my fault. So he this is before he gets on the Running Man. He's trying to escape the country and he finds her and. Uh, He's like, yes, give me a Hawaiian shirt, and we'll just take a plane out of you. That Hawaiian shirt is so beautiful on Arnold, and she rose. She's like, oh, I'm going to Puka. He's like, go ahead on this shirt; no one would notice.
2: <laughs> you know what else is beautiful on him? That beard. That awoke something deep within my soul that mm-hmm. uh, made me question myself for a while.
1: Well, That's speaking of prime hair, Arnold a body lot with that of beard. mustaches in this movie.
2: Oh, there are so many. Je- by the way, just to remind you, Jesse Ventura's name is Captain Freedom. This movie is incredible.
1: That was actually his birth name, so they just decided to use that. Little known <laughs> trivia. Uh, anyway, so getting back, he goes on this, the Running Man TV show. Oh, side note. Did you know I used to live in Korea? Anyway, uh, they have, their, their most popular show in Korea is just called Running Man, but it's nothing like this. It's still kind of a weird show, but
2: you don't say that.
1: Just thought like I'd mention that for all my fans out there in South Korea. Moving on. Uh, so he has to. He has these two buddies. I don't know why they send his two buddies along to help him. Wouldn't you just put him up one on one?
2: Because they tricked him. Like, hey, you better they, join the running man or else we're going to send him in there. Ha! <laughs> oh, we sent him anyways, because I'm the bad guy.
1: They sure did. Anyway. Gotcha. Uh. So he goes through, and honestly, I love the action of this movie. It's shot really well. I love I love the way that it's colored. I, I just like a whole lot about this movie. I think this I is a really, I love the
2: really way that it's movie. interspersed with all the crowd shots and stuff. And people gambling on mm-hmm. it and all that. I love it.
1: Oh, love yeah, that's great, I too. I like how, you know, the game show element, you know, bring people down. I didn't like how they were so indecisive, because I would have just said, yeah, bring in Buzzsaw. He's got a Buzzsaw. Come mm-hmm. on. But I did like that third woman they got from the audience who who was that? Was that like Betty White or something like that? (laughs) And she just said, I want to put money on Ben Richards. And she's just like, I'll choose whoever I want. He's a bad motherfucker. (laughs) As soon as she said motherfucker, I was just like, oh, one of those movies. Ooh,
2: saucy broad. (laughs) Yeah. I had a thought, but it Uh, was gone because now I'm thinking about the old lady. Shit. (laughs) No, it's gone.
1: Forever. Okay, let me try one more time. Anyway, Maria Conchita Alonso. I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that right. She is, I guess, somewhat helpful to him. They they dump her into the, uh, into the. I ha- I have to admit, I like the line, and I want to know what you thought of it. Where they're like making up her past crimes. They said, she she had sexual relations with two, sometimes three men in a single year.
2: Yeah, he's right. Put her on the <laughs> fucking chopping block.
1: How dare he!
2: They can't keep getting away with it, Chris. (laughs) They control the sexual market.
1: (laughs) I have some literature for you. (laughs) So, uh, did you know Mick Fleetwood was in this?
2: I did not until way after the fact.
1: Yeah, as soon as I saw the credits, I was like, what the fuck? Mick Fleetwood was in here. He played a guy named Mick. If only Dweezel Zappa played a guy named Dweezel.
2: Yeah, I didn't recognize either of them because I don't listen to Dad Rock.
1: So the movie ends, and uh, it's pretty good ending. And I don't want to talk about it anymore. (laughs) I don't want to talk about this movie. I'm done. (laughs) No, no, you know what? Next week we're not even going to watch Dreamcatcher and fucking Maximum Overdrive. We're going to watch Casablanca and Citizen Kane. That's weird. I'm going out of town this weekend. (laughs) Something
2: just came up on the other side of the country.
1: So, tell me, what was the what was the one-liner that you really liked by our good friend Arnold? Well, it was about 18 lines. Chris,
2: I hope you leave enough room for my fist, because I'm going to ram it into your stomach and break your goddamn spine! <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know how he got that line out, but I'm so happy he did.
1: Uh, it must have been a lot of practice, because you could, like, hear him trying on that one. I respect. Right, about- about- how
2: great the different stalkers were? Like the fat opera singer guy in a Tron oh. suit who shot Electricity?
1: That's the thing. As soon as I saw that uh, the opera singer, like... That changes the movie right there. Because you see, like, the first guy, Sub-Zero, and he's... Okay, yeah, the fact that he's a hockey player is kind of nutty, but he's shot so dark, <laughs> you know, that you can barely see box. it. And he, and, he gets, and he gets, like, he gets killed with barbed wire around his neck. He got kind of buzzsaw, as some guy with a are like, okay, you know, he's a mad guy. Some of them are themed, I guess. Then he got an opera with with light bright all over his chest. Come so on. It's so good. I loved it I, I, I have to admit I love, as soon as he started going yeah day is up I'm just like oh my god yes fun
2: well, fact they just cast a huge dude and then it turned out he could sing opera so like hey can you sing Ride of the Valkyrie and then they just oh put the god, song oh my god seriously yeah. He's, he was just a giant dude
1: <laughs> this, this is like MST having uh, Kevin Murphy who it turns out is an incredible singer movie <laughs> movie magic truly is
2: a wonderful thing sometimes Sometimes you get The Running Man A movie <laughs> that can never ever be duplicated
1: oh, You will never make try, something though.
2: this earnest And also insane ever again
1: Yeah yeah, you know you say that But I, I'm, I'm concerned I'm, I'm not saying that like a Hollywood executive Is listening to this podcast or anything But I have a feeling that someone's gonna like Watch this movie and be like Yeah we can make that now In the age of Donald Trump They're just come on Someone's gonna try it you know they're just gonna ruin the entire thing well look it's
2: not like the media would ever like twist a narrative around to politicize deaths or anything so my friend benjamin (laughs) gazi my dear
1: friend well i mean in in some way this is kind of a this is kind of like the most dangerous game i don't know if you've ever read that story but have you
2: couldn't think of a joke i'm sorry yeah
1: The most dangerous, yeah, the most dangerous game. It's also, it's kind of like the Hunger Games and Battle Royale, stuff like that, but I just think this is so much better. This whole idea was just like, what if you just had to kill everyone else? Like, this sort of thing. I was like, come on. Whereas this, this feels like a game show. It, It focuses more on the show than it does on the game. And... I like that. That is a really good criticism of dystopia. See, Arnold Schwarzenegger said something after the movie was released. He said that like the decision to replace the director was a bad idea because that guy had more experience in television and thus he said that the movie lost some of its deeper themes. Arnold is dead wrong and I'd say it to his face. Because the, the director here coming from his experience in TV was just totally able to lampoon TV and just say, look, this is what you guys are like. This is what television is doing to our culture. That's perfect. That is exactly what you want.
2: Like I, now, like all the TV stuff was definitely a complete rip off of RoboCop and Paul Verhoeven stuff. But I, I don't have seen it. It. it.
1: What the fuck? <laughs> but I will, I will have one question for you here, and it's it's not a lightly asked question. Now we did make a rule to ourselves that we were not going to watch the Lawnmower Man for <laughs> Stephen King Month. I have to admit, the Running Man, the Lawnmower Man, the Tommyknocker Man, just come on. <laughs> I'm Don't bring the Tommy, Tommy Knockers Tommy. into this. We're having a good time. <laughs> I couldn't think of a Tommy Knockers quote to put in here. But uh, shocking but is there what it so goes, much good in that movie. Yeah. Anyway, we, we promised we wouldn't do the Lawnmower Man because it's really not a Stephen King work. They took the title and they decided to apply it to a completely unrelated movie, then slapped Stephen King's name on it to make a few quick bucks. With this one, are we sure that Stephen King wrote this? this is actually written by my good
2: friend one Richard Bachman
1: oh this is completely
2: different who had a lot of great stories that were so good that when Stephen King submitted them the publisher was like yeah no thanks just one a year for me we're fine we don't we don't need this so he made a suit in them and all of the stories are balls
1: oh my god I just looked it up the book has a total of a hundred one chapters that Fuck is you
2: go fuck you. So That should have been the tell. Actually, I think this was the book that was the tell. Because <laughs> it's funny, because by the time the movie came out, everyone knew that Richard Bachman was Stephen King, but they didn't know that when they were making it.
1: Yeah, I, I, they definitely... Oh my God. The director was pretty happy.
2: It. He was like, hey, we got Stephen King movie for
1: pretty, pretty cheap. You know how you can tell that it was actually Stephen King the whole time? Because at one point, he makes his way to an airport in Derry, Maine. <laughs> oh God, that was
2: probably... Yeah, it It's like, wait a second.
1: So, Someone who was just like, yeah, really big fan of Richard Bachman, you know?
2: <laughs> My cohort in spooky, Richard Bachman.
1: Oh, I can't stand this. Anyway, um, <laughs> it's it, it makes me kind of think here that uh, it, it, this doesn't feel at all like a Stephen King story. Now, I know he's also dabbled in science fiction. Tommyknockers was a science fiction story. Sure he's gonna He's gone outside of horror too. I you can't really consider the Green Mile to be horror. I mean, you can't consider Stand By Me or or the Shawshank Redemption to be horror movies, but and and, and I would never try to pigeonhole a writer. I, I want him to go in as many different directions and genres as possible besides romance. But I just boy, this doesn't feel like Stephen King at all. The the story just doesn't feel like Stephen King.
2: I'm sure there's just a tiny little drop of an idea that was Stephen King, but I bet Stephen King didn't have Jim Brown with a jetpack and a flamethrower, so he can fuck off, honestly.
1: Yeah, I have to admit that I haven't read the novel. I don't have time for 101 chapters. Yeah, nor but will I, because yeah, it's cause not going to match. Fuck this. you. It's it's just that when I really think about it, the likelihood is that the movie probably improved the novel, you know? And I keep hearing all these criticisms of it, like, oh, it didn't get the deeper themes, and it's, it's only loosely based on the novel... This is probably a lot better than the novel. Like, really a lot better than the novel. Again, Jim Brown with a jetpack, that's awesome. And Arnold Schwarzenegger saying all those one-liners, and he has a different cadence than every other human being alive, I think. It's not just the accent, it's like his timing is off. So a, he says him like he's a James Bond character. It's like, what a pain in the neck? It's, like the, it's almost like the action stops for him to say that. I, I kind of like it, you know? So I, 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 I think I prefer this version to the book that I haven't read. I know I can't really make that judgment yet, but the, honestly, that's probably the likelihood. And I think that there's a whole lot of... I, I have to admit, when we started Stephen King month off, we were just like, okay, there's a whole bunch of adaptations out there, and you know, let's compare them and stuff like that. And, and some of them are really bad, and I know that they are, but I think a whole lot of them have made positive changes. Carrie was one of them.
2: I mean, Carrie also did not have Jim Brown with a jetpack, so
1: feel like i have to rework my rankings a bit now oh that's a good point but the running you know what you're right the running man is that is in my top 10 stephen kings which i now have more than a top five it's i mean it's this creep show carry and then my five are about as strong as ever but boy i tell you i mean this is a this was a really good watch i'm glad we watched this instead of the mini series of the shining
2: oh my god Imagine watching four and a half hours of that and not seeing an Schwarzenegger throwing fucking oil barrels at Jim Brown. <laughs> like he's Donkey uh-huh. Kong just throwing barrels at him.
1: I should probably watch Commando at some point, too. I heard this kind of decent. F- just kidding, just kidding. Boy, just kidding.
2: November's going to be busy for you, friends. Uh, I'm
1: just... God, come on. You knew I was just not... Beating.
2: Yeah, but... Oh, Aren't you due for a rewatch?
1: Am I never ready for a rear I'm always ready for a rear watch commando, dude. That movie kicks ass. It's, so it's got David Patrick Kelly. Right?
2: Wrong. Shotguns him in the face.
1: Yeah, and, and a radon Chong, if I recall correctly. My favorite lore
2: is that the guy who plays the bad guy was supposed to be someone else, so he was not in shape for it, but he just wore that mesh anyways. <laughs> Fuck it. A big fat gut poking
1: out. <laughs> Let off some steam, Bennett. That's it. I, just, I don't know why did
2: just go to that line to figure out his name. What's Love his name? how they just, just like no one got a Matrix
1: him. or some shit. That's <laughs> a great name. Oh, dude, the scene where he's like taking off all his clothes and he gets on all that like battle gear and like that gigantic like rocket launcher. I was just like, holy shit. <laughs> they told me that they based doom off that one line in the top cruise movie the color of money no they based doom off that one scene in commando
2: <laughs> Where he just goes into that fucking island shack and murders a thousand people <laughs> we might have a schwarzenegger month after stephen king month you guys
1: uh, well, just that's... kidding you're not
2: getting out of justice league
1: that's it wait, wait wait when does justice league come out again Late November, friend. Just... Yeah, see, that's the thing. So, late November for Justice League, and we'll have early December for Star Wars episode Who Cares, and uh, then we're going uh, <laughs> to... <laughs> yeah. All right. We all had our fun today at my expense. <laughs> uh, so, we're not going to speculate. So, um so next up next week i've already mentioned it we're going to be doing maximum overdrive and dreamcatcher two these are big stephen king adaptations dreamcatcher is one of the worst movies ever made and maximum overdrive is the one movie that stephen king actually directed so trust me guys we're going to have a lot to talk about and i think i'll just end it with this let's do our trailer reactions to star wars episode eight
0: And perverted, I'm obsessed and deranged. I have existed for years, but very little has changed. I'm the tool of the government and industry, too, for I am destined to rule and regulate you. I may be vile and pernicious but you can't look away. I make you think I'm delicious with the stuff that I say. I am the best you can get. Have you guessed me yet? Well, I'm the slime oozing out from your TV set. You will obey me while I lead you and eat the garbage that I feed you until the day that we don't need you. Don't go for help, no one will heed you. Your mind is totally controlled. It has been stuffed into my mold. And you will do as you are told until the rights to you are sold. I am the spy from the radio who's in the the long run.
2: to mention this but we're still recording so do you want to know how the book originally ended
1: of uh, running man yeah sure how did the book of the running man actually well
2: end? he agrees to be one of the stalkers but he tricks them you see and then he hijacks a plane and crashes it into their tower in new york city
1: <laughs> oh man <laughs> i can see why perhaps that would be in somewhat bad taste now
2: I'm not saying Richard Bachman predicted 9-11 and then mysteriously disappeared, but I'm not saying he didn't.
1: Well, I mean, that's the, he predicted 9-11, and then he predicted all those school shootings. <laughs> <laughs> one might say he's one of the most influential
2: authors of our time.
1: All right, what what else did he write again? That was the one that you told me about? Oh, Finner, yeah. <laughs> um, he influenced columbine 9-11 no. and gypsy Andy curses Reed losing all that weight <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh boy speaking of going after the credits every word of that